Welcome to The Local. I'm your host, Mark Horner, founder of Fairhaven Wealth Management here in Wheaton, Illinois. So what is wealth management? Well, it's a lot more than just stocks and bonds. It's about taking care of your family, your career, and your community, and maybe even having a little fun along the way. That's what wealth management is all about. Welcome to another edition of The Local. I am Mark Horner, your host, and with me is Allison Orr of the Downtown Wheaton Association. Hello. Thank you so much for having Good me. Good to have you with us, thank Allison. Thank you. And with us today, I believe, is one of your star members of the Downtown Wheaton Association. That is correct. The Wickwood House founder, Shannon Gutierrez. Yes. Hi. Great to have you with us. So good to be here. Thank you for having me. So I have to admit, I have not graced your doors at the Wickwood House. Oh, so no. Would, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. Oh, yes. goodness. You don't frequent women's boutiques? <laughs> Interesting. I, we don't I judge, don't. Mark. It's fine. So I do wear a kilt as a bagpiper, so I'm Ooh. not I'm not, uh, I'm not. afraid of pushing the uh, the, the bounds from a, like uh, a clothing perspective. But no, I haven't delved into women's wear. Oh. So you, you, got me, you got me off the hook. So, yes. so could you catch the rest of us? up on what Wickwood House does. Yes, absolutely. So we are a women's boutique. We offer a lot of gifty items as well and just on-trend clothing items for everyday moments of life that we just feel are so special. And where did you get the name Wickwood? Oh, great question. So I actually opened up originally in my home and started with doing some markets with local artisans, um, friends of mine. And I happened to live on Wickwood Drive in Aurora. And so we called it Wickwood House Market. And the name stuck, just became our brand. I love it. Thank you. I think for people that have not started businesses, and why would they know this? But uh, I, I think that often gets overlooked that one of the things, one of the thousands of decisions that have to be made as an entrepreneur is the name of your business. Yes, it, you're so right. And I did spend time really thinking through that, you know, because you want it to be special and meaningful. And I will tell you the story a little bit um, here. I visited Door County, which I love. And we went to this really cool like bed and breakfast type restaurant. Farm to table was so awesome. And I remember being home after that trip and I had saved a postcard from visiting. And this is during the time that I was thinking about like, what am I going to name this thing that I'm doing? Right. And I looked at the postcard on my fridge and it was Wickman House. And I remember how I felt when we were there. It was just so special and beautiful. And then there was a story behind why it was called Wickman House. And then I was like, I live on Wickwood Drive. I love how that sounds. Wickwood House. Like, how cool. You know, we're always inspired by things around us, right? And I think that's so special. I, I completely agree. Yeah. I completely agree. So so real quickly, the naming of Fairhaven Wealth Management followed a somewhat similar path that Ooh. I was struggling with the with what exactly to name the to name the company. And in our in our industry, it, it's more common for people to name businesses after themselves or businesses full of people with egos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. yeah, right. New, news news flash. But I didn't uh, I didn't I that just didn't feel right to me. And I was in my mid forties when I started that business and and just like you, one day it kind of occurred to me that my grandparents had started a business when they were in their forties. And they had a young family. I had a young family, similar age. And they, they named the street that they uh, built their house on, which was Fairhaven Avenue. And I thought, I thought, well, if that's, they've since passed. So I don't know the story about why they named it 
Fairhaven Avenue, but I just thought, well, good enough for Nana and Papa, good enough for me. So yes. that's Fairhaven Wealth Management. So that's yeah, this, beautiful. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. But yeah, the stories of just the evolution that it, that it, it's not always some management consulting whiteboarding project that it can right. just be how, what, how you get affected by different names and places. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. So how did you decide to take the leap into retail? Ooh, yeah. So I was in a place in my life. I love that you shared that you started your business in your forties. I think that's really cool to think about, you know, taking some time to figure out what we want to do sometimes. And so I was in that stage of life where I just thought, you know what, I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing. Life is just kind of passing me by. And I just decided to kind of reflect on what I wanted to do with my life and what more, what are my passions and what are the things that people always say like, oh my gosh, you're so good at this. And so I just started to think about that. And I remember thinking, you know, that question when people would say, you know, if you could do anything in life, what would you do? You wouldn't fail. You had all the money in the world. And my answer would always be, oh my gosh, I think it would be so cool to have a shop. just like a really fun shop. And that was just my answer. And I never thought like, oh, I'm going to explore that. It just was like out there. Right. And then I thought, I think I want to start exploring this idea. Because people would give me money and say, hey, can you go shop for me? Like I have this, and I'm like, okay. Amazing. And I could make a living doing this, right? So I just started thinking it through and people, you know how things happen, like opportunities come and someone said, hey, there's this business planning workshop coming up. You want to do it? And I was like, yeah. And I just started kind of going for it. I never worked a day of retail in my life. Before I opened my store. <laughs> so there's that. And now you've worked enough for a lifetime. Oh. <laughs> it's literally my favorite thing. So take us back to that business yeah. planning workshop. So you go go to that on a on a Saturday or was that a series? What it was that It was about? a series. Yeah, it was a six-week program. It was on a Friday, which happened to be my day off during that time. I was still working. And um, it was really cool because it was a bunch of mentors, people that have been in business and they wanted to just sit down with people like me and help us think through our ideas and put it down on paper and all the things that I wasn't thinking about, you know, financial things, um, projections, all of that just really helped to kind of put it all down there and think through it. And so I had my business plan worked out and I thought, well, this is crazy I can't just go from never doing any of this ever in my life to opening a brick and mortar, right? So that's why I decided, hey, why don't I try this out of my house? This is kind of risk-free. I've got the concept and let's try it. And we did it. So you mentioned you did the business planning workshop while you were still working. Yes. Did you, did you run the business out of your house while you were also still working? Correct. So you've got, okay. Yes. So thankfully, so I had worked for a church for 12 years and they were wonderful. And I told them, hey, I've got this dream and I'd still love to do what I'm doing here, but I'd like to explore this idea as well. I've had some opportunities open up and they were so wonderful and um, supportive. So I was able to do both, but it was really scary, honestly. Even creating that first Facebook event for my home market, I was like, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? Like, what, what is Shannon doing? Like, what is happening? And, but I did it and I'm so grateful that I did. So we did three markets out of my house, one in May and then July, um, September. So like spring, summer, fall. 
but people couldn't just roll up to the driveway at 10 30 a.m and say let me let me do some shopping these were very specific events yes so weekend events and i had friends of mine that participated and we just set up everything in my house like a store and we hosted um, live music. We served cocktails. It was a whole experience and people wanted more. So I, we kept doing it. And then when I was planning the holiday market, I decided, Hey, this is kind of falling in line with what's going on in downtown Aurora. And my dream was to be down there to have a shop. And so I was able to do a pop-up there. And this is how the story just kind of unfolds. And opportunities came and people shopped. The landlord was like, hey, what's happening here? I want (laughs) this downtown Aurora. We need to make this happen. And so I just kind of kept stepping forward. So a pop-up. Yes. Help help me understand that because I've heard that term, but I'm not exactly sure what it means. Yeah, that's a great question. So basically it's a temporary store. So we brought all of our stuff. At that time I had 18 different vendors and friends of mine that brought their items. And so we borrowed somebody's space. It was a co-working space at the time and he didn't need it for the weekend. So he's like, sure, go ahead and, you know, use my space, which was so generous and kind. And um, so we just set it up. We set up shop for the weekend for the holiday shoppers. And it was amazing. And then you're doing word of mouth advertising and social, you mentioned Facebook live. So social media advertising, this is where we're going to be on this particular date and time. Come check us out. Yeah. And thankfully we had kind of created a following because we had done it a few times, you know, in my home. And so everybody that was a part of it reached out to all their networks and people and yeah. So was the pop-up part of the business planning process or is that something you developed along after the business planning? So it was part of the the process because I, you know, I shared like, I don't want to just leap right into it. So let's see how we can take steps to get there. Yeah. And that was part of it. And still working Correct. at this stage. Yes. Okay. Now, but your store is in downtown Wheaton. It's not in downtown Aurora. So we have two locations. Oh, okay. yes. So yes, Wheaton, we opened up three years ago, but the Aurora location um, has been there for five years. And the Aurora location as a bar. <laughs> Cocktail 24-7? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Wow. Right. So that concept, the, the original concept in my home where we had shopping, music, cocktails, that was my dream from the get-go to be able to, you know, provide that experience for people. So I don't want to cause any legal unpleasantness, but what, yeah. <laughs> what exactly what exactly goes on with a with a business with a storefront? Now, this is also from somebody who has a bar in our office downstairs okay. as well. So this is completely the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah. But in a retail space, aren't 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 there what rules do we need to oh, avoid yes. in order to be serving beverages? That is a great question. And boy, have I learned a lot in this process. (laughs) Because when I originally opened downtown Aurora, um, it was strictly the boutique. So we did not have the bar then. And we still would serve wine here and there for events and things like that. And then realized, oh, people are getting a little picky about that. And even though we weren't charging them or anything, it was all complimentary. But you know, people that have to follow the rules want everyone to follow the rules. And so we decided, okay, we got to tighten it up here. And we were able to expand into a larger space. 
And because of that, I was like, okay, if we're moving and we're going to take on more space, we're going to do this full concept, right? And so thankfully, I had built a relationship with the community, with the mayor. And so they were all on board. Um, I just shared the idea with them. And, you know, we're in this day and age where everybody shops online. And if you're going to shop, it really needs to be something special and more of an experience for people. Mm -hmm. And for downtowns, as you know, like we're trying to get more people to come downtown and spend their money, spend their time. Right. And so um, I'm so grateful that I had people on board with this idea. And so I had to go through all of it, get the liquor license. You know, we did a full build out. So I, the space that we're in, it was a blank slate. So hired the architect. We built the bar, everything from scratch. And so we had to follow all the rules. So this is a, it's a fully functioning bar, liquor license, yes. everything, yes. everything else. Yes. These aren't plastic cups. Don't tell anybody. No, sir. <laughs> I do not drink my. Clearly, you've not been to Wickwood House. I okay, because the cocktail wear at Wickwood House is pretty mm-hmm. top notch. So. so, Allison, it's well established that I've not been at Wickwood House <laughs> by my own by my own doing. So, I'd appreciate you not just throwing salt in that wound. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna just keep calling you out on that one. Right. I'm giving you a hard time. I'm I can take hard. it. I can take yes. it. So, is that is that the same format then at, at the Wheaton store? Unfortunately, no. And we would love, I've talked to Allison about this. We would love to bring that concept here. Um, but as you, you know, it, it takes a lot of effort and money and all that good stuff to make things like that happen. So we're just waiting for the right yeah. opportunity. So two retail stores in, and when, when did you do this? How long have you been doing this? Yeah. So 2018 opened up in Aurora and then it was October, 2020 here in Wheaton. So October 2020. So not much was going on in the world in 2020. So that sounds like <laughs> pretty the, boring time. Yeah, that sounds like a perfect time to open a business, especially a, especially a retail business. Yeah, yeah that's ideal. <laughs> yeah. So are you trying? Are you calling me crazy? Well, well, I've I've taken a few jabs here, and now I'm going to give a few. Yeah. But but really, so how mm-hmm. do you make that decision in the fall of the first year of the pandemic? Yes. How do, how do you make a decision to open, who knows at that stage if retail, if retail is still coming back? We were just right. talking, Alice and I were just talking about this actually before you got here real quickly. Mm-hmm. Just, I think it's because it's easy to forget about what that environment was like. But I remembered, I remembered the bullet point that the governor issued that deemed financial services an essential service in case I got pulled over by the cops on the way from my house to our office in Wheaton. I mean, that that was the that was my mindset at that point. So just as a reminder of what 2020 was like, you're deciding to open a retail space when or expand yeah. your retail your retail space at a time when everybody's still at home. So how did you make that decision? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question, and that was a very interesting time for sure. So thankfully, I had the experience in Aurora. So we had our shop there up and running. And um, as you just mentioned, we were all at home, right? We had to close our doors and had to pivot really quickly. And thankfully, I had an online um, presence already. And so we just dove right into that and did everything online. And I am so grateful. We had just an incredible amount of support. And so we drove things around to people. They ordered from us and we just had a delivery service, basically. 
running out of my house, which was insane. Yeah. And so then when we were able to open our doors again, people, this literally happened. Like they would get to our door and they would stop and take a breath and say, oh my gosh, it feels so good to be here. You know, and like we all just lived through something so devastating, really. Like it really was so impactful on everybody, even though we all had different experiences, right? Um, so what I found was, wow, what a privilege to be able to provide something to people during this time when it's been so hard. And like one of the things that was so amazing, even during the shutdown, was people were shopping for gifts for people. They couldn't be with their loved ones. They couldn't be with their friends. So we had the privilege to be able to put together a special gift for people and send it to them. And so now that people are able to come into the store, they're like, oh my gosh, this feels so good. Like a little sense of normalcy. Like I can buy something for myself and feel good about it. Or I can buy something for a friend or family member. Like it was beautiful. So I think it's, I think it's very easy when you go through experiences like that. And, and now you have the benefit of time to look back on it and that it worked out. Right. Right. That it worked out to, to look back on it and maybe gloss over the, uh, uh, I don't know if it's guts or, uh, a little bit of insanity to yeah. make, to make decisions like that at the, in the moment. Yeah, but I, at the moment when you're making that decision, so did you, did you have to, how do you build your stores? Did you have to borrow money? You use your own money. How does that work? So that is great. So actually, I started off just my own little bit of a credit that I had to open up the original location. But then, you know, during the pandemic, the government was like, hey, small businesses, do you yeah. need some money? And yeah. I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I will take that low interest loan. Thank you. And literally at that time, I didn't even know what I needed that money for, but I did know that I wanted to do more and I wanted to grow my business in that original business plan, my five-year plan. I had another location on there. You know, that was always the plan. And so actually previous to the pandemic in January that year, I took a trip to downtown Wheaton because a friend, well, Elle Withhall, who was with downtown Wheaton, um, she had helped me with the Aurora location. And so when she came to work for Wheaton, she was like, you need to bring Wickwood to Wheaton. And I was like, oh, okay. So help, help me who else, who is Elle? So she you was, both know. Yes. Okay. Who's Elle? She, she was in my position before me. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. So you, she, your predecessor yes. for downtown Wheaton yes. Association. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Yes. So she reached out. We came and looked at locations in January, 2020. You know, and I grew up here in Wheaton. So the idea of bringing a store to Wheaton was, yes, I was like, absolutely. I would love that. There's not a lot of retail down here. So this would be amazing. We didn't find a location that was right for us at that time. And now I know why, because what, two months later, the world shut down. So it wasn't the right time to open. And so then in September of 2020, we're getting out of that, you know, stores open again. Elle reached out again and was like, hey, I have a location that would be perfect for you. And I was like, okay, this is crazy, but I'm going to go look at it. <laughs> and so we did, and it was perfect. And so because of what I shared with you, knowing that people want to shop local, they want to come in the doors, they want to touch and feel things, they want to feel normal again. 
So I thought, wow, if I could bring this to this community, then yes, I want to do it. You know, and and, and I took that loan. I was like, well, here's why, because now we're going to do this. And it just, I'm a big advocate and fan of not everything always makes sense on paper. Sometimes we have to listen to our gut and our heart and the things that are happening, the serendipity of life, right? The timing of things. And I just, I like to pay attention to that. Amen. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with that. And I think the the opposite can be true. Things that make perfect sense on paper and practice can be total disasters. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I tease my father who is, who has a, I think an odd relationship with Microsoft Excel (laughs) that, that life, life live life is lived outside of a spreadsheet. Now oh. I'm being way too hard on my dad, but, but yeah. so he, he completely gets that. So he funny. completely gets that balance, but yeah, but, the, but, but the, there's more to, there's more to life than just what the, what the spreadsheets say. So it took me three years to, of due diligence and looking around before I pulled the plug on, on, or pulled the ripcord on, on starting, on starting Fairhaven. So I, I totally agree with that as well about the, the, the timing will often present itself yes. if you're willing to take the, take the plunge. So let's go back to the business plan. How many stores are in this business plan? A hundred? A thousand? Well, I'm sure you know a business plan is an active live right. document, right? So I like to update it as we go along. Um, I don't have a specific number, but I do have other things in mind. A cagey For answer, Allison. Sure. <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> But talking about business plans, it is fun to, it is, it is fun to go back and look at oh, yeah. business plans. And then, you know, back to that, back to that, the difference between doing what, what you feel or think in the moment. And then with the benefit of hindsight to be able to be able to go back and look at it. I've done, I've done the same thing to go back and look at business plans and how things are, how things, some worked, some worked out the way that yeah. you thought and others, not so much. Yeah. And I think that's a huge deal for people to realize anytime you do any kind of business, right? We think we have this plan that's like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. And what I always tell new entrepreneurs, um, that's great, but make sure you're holding on to it with open hands because as life unfolds and you get into it, I think my biggest lesson has been to be okay with changing that model doesn't mean that you failed or it's bad, but hey, let's learn and be okay with making adjustments as we go along. Because if you're holding on like this, good luck. I completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah. We get a lot of entrepreneurs that want to open downtown Wheaton and they're like, what spaces do you have? And we talk through what's available and we don't have a lot of space for retail. Um Unfortunately, you know, that 1,500 to 2,000 square foot, we just don't have a lot of it. And people are sometimes willing to make compromises. And they're like, I'm just not sure this is right. Or they're having a hard time with, you know, a property owner um, and not sure that it's the right relationship. And I always tell them, if something feels like it's not right, it's not the right time, just wait. Yeah. Just wait. And there will be something better. There will be something better where you'll, you'll say, this is what I waited for. Yeah. You know, like the timing and the, the gut instinct is so important. And those relationships are important too. You know, you need to feel comfortable with the neighbors that you're next to and, you know, your landlord if you're, if you're not the property owner too. So it's, it's better to wait until your gut tells you it's the right time. 
Yeah. And I appreciate that you've given me that advice. So I appreciate that so much, you know, because we can get so excited and motivated to like get to the goal, right? Check it off the list. Like, oh my gosh, we're doing this. And if it just doesn't feel right, oh, I I absolutely agree with that. It's okay to wait. It's okay. And it does not mean you failed. We yeah. started in Oakbrook, our our business. And so to your to your point on we're looking at real estate for our, our own expansion and uh looked at real estate for over a year. And and that was it was just one experience after the next of it's I I could see it. We could shoehorn it in and make it and make it happen. It just doesn't it just doesn't feel right. And and until this until where we are did. And it all works out. It tends to not every, not every, <laughs> not true. everything. Not everything works out the way you want true. it to, but things usually do happen for a reason, though. Yeah, there's... like not opening a business two months before everything right. shut down. Yeah, absolutely. As much as I wanted to, and I knew I wanted to be in Wheaton, it just wasn't the right time. So glad I listened to that feeling. So now it's not all roses and champagne. So not a, not every not everything goes the way that. Or I'll speak for myself. Not everything goes the way that I've, you know, that I've wanted 100%. it to. But, uh, but yeah, on, on balance, far worth the, far worth the risk. I appreciate you sharing that. And I, I guess for me, when things don't work out, like, what do you take from that? I'm curious. Uh, well, so, uh, so Jalen Hurts is a quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. So he lost the Super Bowl last year to the, to the Kansas City Chiefs. I know, Mark. I'm not supposed to give some date specific references, <laughs> Mark, our producer. But uh, but anyway, he's doing the post game interview, and uh, he's like 24 years old or something like that. So uh, just lost the biggest game of his life, and his comment was, "Well, you know, sometimes you win and sometimes you learn." And I think that so I won't ever claim that that's an original thought of mine. That's 100 percent Jalen Hurts. But uh, but I totally identify with identify with that sometimes things go the way that you want and that's great uh and other times they don't and it's important to learn from them yeah yeah, yeah that's that, awesome yeah I, it, it's well and again in the moment that he did that you just lost the biggest game of your life you're 24 years old you're sitting in front of the press corps and that's the that's the quote that you that you're able to summon that's that's pretty that's pretty impressive so yeah, that's that's the when things haven't gone the way that the way that I've wanted them to. That's the that's the attitude. I think that's brilliant, and that's what keeps us going, right? If we're always willing to learn. Yeah. Then yeah. we can go on to the next thing, right? Take yeah. that experience and make the next thing better. It's kind of an interesting combination of being of being willing to take the leap because at some point you do need to you do need to make the jump with preparation to mm-hmm. the business plan but then also also having the flexibility to uh to adjust as as time as time moves so it's it's kind of this odd combination of having the determination to take the leap with yeah. the flexibility to I'm going to and I'm going to make some changes uh as I as I need to yeah part of that you know business plan and you know also just an emotional support system too for an entrepreneur i mean We've talked a lot about, um, you know, that it can get lonely and it's important to have people that support you. And I know you have, you have a very special person who supports you at your store. So maybe you can tell us about, you know, how you sort of built up a support system for Wickwood House. Oh yeah. Thank you. I mean, that's a huge deal for me is building a team and not doing it alone. 
And so I'm, even though I'm the sole owner, like it is all on my shoulders, I feel at some time, but yeah, I'm not at all at the same time. Right. Cause I do have an amazing team. So my mom, Morna, she has been my number one cheerleader has been by my side since day one, when we started in my house. And so she has been hanging out wherever I need her, either in Aurora, Wheaton, and filled in all the gaps. And everyone loves my mom. She is just so sweet and kind and loves people. And that's been a really amazing thing to be able to go after my dream and realize that and bring it to life. But then also provide space for other people, especially someone so special to me as my mom, for her to be able to step into a role and she thinks I'm just helping my daughter, but then she comes to life and is loving it and just having such an amazing time. Once again, I just feel like it's a privilege, you know, like what an honor to be able to provide that for people. It's so incredible. And then we have an amazing manager there, Kayla. So she's been with us just about a year. It's like right at the year mark. Um, So that's been amazing. And she's so talented like now I I come into the Wheaton store and I'm like well everything's great (laughs) I guess I'm not needed here so you guys just keep on doing what you're doing this is amazing and what a different feeling because before I I was so like I felt like I had to do everything you know and had to be the my way and like I had to have my touch on it and now it's just what a beautiful thing to be able to like really just unleash people and they're so in their zone Amazing. I think that's a great description that with that word unleash. And I think I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's a common trait among maybe among entrepreneurs in in general, but you're putting, you're risking a lot. Yeah. And so I think it's natural to want to have your, have control over everything. And, it, but, but that creates such bottlenecks in the oh, running man. of a business. It, and it, and it, I think it also creates bottlenecks in, in helping in letting your team get, get unleashed uh, the incredible wisdom for so short in mm-hmm. your in your entrepreneurial experience oh thank you and here's the thing i think nothing is ever wasted right so my experience up into even though i never worked a day of retail before opening a store um i worked for a church which you would think what a different environment to be in right totally different field but i was leading teams of people you know And the church that I worked for was a multi-site church. And so I oversaw multiple locations of people leading kids ministry. And and so I learned processes, procedures. I learned how to develop people and support them and celebrate their giftedness, right? And so I took that model, everything that I learned there, and implemented it into what I do now. So you, t- you took everything basically that you learned in the church experience. So you just took out the religious God element and substituted in women's unmentionables. <laughs> there you go. You got it. <laughs> well, there it, you go. You know, it's so interesting, though, because I think the best sort of stamp of success on a business is when you can be gone for a week and everything still happens the way it's supposed to, you know. I think a lot of people think, well, I'm so important that if I leave, everything's going to blow up. Sorry to break it to you, but that means you've done a very poor job yes. at organizing everything to make sure that everything gets done and people know what their responsibilities are. 
So I think that's a, a great sign of success. I think. Yeah, it is. And it's not always easy, but it is the way if, I mean, I shared, I would love to keep growing and expanding. And that's the only way you can, you've got to remove the bottleneck. Do you know how many times I said that in the last, like, oh my gosh, two years? I was like, <laughs> I, okay, we have to get systems in place so that I'm not the bottleneck. You know, that was our goal, right. truly, you know? And, and I had the um, privilege to take a business growth academy workshop. And that was the thing that stuck out the most to me was when this, you know, experienced older gentleman shared his, um, you know, he's done multiple businesses and he said, okay, as entrepreneurs, the biggest way you're going to kill your business is if you have to be in control of everything. Because <laughs> I was feeling that. I was like, I need, I, I want to control it all, right? And I was like, wow, okay, I need to open my hands. I need to empower these people. And it's so true. I see it all the time. This is sort of a hard time or was a hard time to do that, though, with like staffing issues and stuff over the past few years. I mean, you don't just want to let, you know, let go to anybody. So did you have a hard time finding the right people? Gosh, that is a great question. It's been really hard. It's been well, really hard. I feel so spoiled because I've never once put out like a we're hiring sign or post even on social media, never, not once. And that was on purpose, truly. Like I love things to happen kind of organically. And I do believe that the right people will come. And that is exactly what's happened. Even so, Kayla, this is one of my favorite stories. So awesome. So I did need a manager for Wheaton. Um, I had the most adorable manager, Emma. She was a part of Wickwood when I first opened in Aurora and she sold earrings. She made these really cute earrings. And so she had a dream as well to launch her business and grow her business. So when we opened Wheaton, she was the perfect fit to manage that location. Well, guess what? When you develop people and you give them space to grow, <laughs> how, how <rude>. amazing. <laughs> so then Emma had the opportunity to open her own store and now she has one in downtown Glen Ellen and it's incredible, right? But that left me with needing a new manager. And so thankfully we had people that could kind of fill in until we found the right person. And I just kept saying, we're going to, that right person is out there. We just have to wait for them. So I had a form that we would use for people when they wanted to apply to work at Wickwood. It was like a Google Doc that they could fill out. And I told one of my girls, I'm like, hey, we should put that up on the website so that when people come in the store, they can just go there. We can send them to the website. They can fill it out. Just streamline things, right? So we put it up on the website. We did not tell one person that it was there. We just added a link at the bottom of the website. And wouldn't you know, the next day someone filled it out. Wow. I was like, what? How did they know it was there? And it was Kayla. And so she fills out this form. I'm like, oh my God, who is this girl? And so we brought her in for an interview. She was amazing. And it was like, these are the things that I love to share because I do, you hear this all the time. Oh my God, you can't find good help. Blah, blah, blah. You can. I mean, there are amazing people out there and it's just a matter of waiting for that right person, putting the intention out there that there is somebody that wants this and will love it. And they come and that has happened time and time again. 
And I think there's so many parts. I mean, there's the company culture part of that. There's, you know, how people are treated, how they feel when they're at your store or at work. Yes. There's a lot that goes into it. And if then you find the right people. Yeah. And it's so true. Thank you for mentioning that because one of the things we always talk about in an interview is, you know, I love the stuff that we sell in our store. Obviously, it's so fun. Like, who doesn't love to shop for new clothes or a gift, something cute, whatever. But that is not the most important thing at Wickwood. The most important thing at Wickwood is our culture. And I want everyone to have a good time when they're working. I want to have fun. I'm doing this for fun. <laughs> you know? And so that's really important to me that the people that are on our team, that they're enjoying themselves. And then guess what? If we're enjoying ourselves, the people that walk into Wickwood, they're going to feel that and they're going to have a good time, right? So like that is my number one goal right there. It's a great goal. How'd you develop that thinking? Well, so, okay. Are you familiar with the Enneagram? Like a personality trait kind of thing? Have we talked about this before, Mark? Mark's laughing. No, this isn't, this isn't related to the, uh, well, I can't think of what it was. It's a free quiz. It's a free quiz. Ooh. Oh, it's so fascinating. All right. I'll go do one sometime. Yeah. So, okay. so, do, so it's a personality thing. Yes. And I would recommend reading the book because they do say don't take the test, but you want to explore. There's nine numbers. You okay. want to explore all of these numbers and then figure out which one you most relate to, right? It's how we operate, why we do what we do. Okay. So I'm a seven on the Enneagram. And the seven, just a couple things about us. We experience FOMO, fear of missing out. We like to have all the experience. The question is, where is the party? What time? Because what am I wearing? Like, I want to do all the fun things, right? I don't want to talk about the negative stuff. Do not bring me down. I don't got time for that. We'll deal with it, but we're going to move on to the party. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. So that's why, because that's me. I am doing this not just to sell stuff, not just to like, get to the bottom line. No, it's the experience. So are you looking for more sevens in your, in your employee profile or can you have too many sevens running around? You can around? have too many sevens. <laughs> you can absolutely have too many sevens. So my mom is a two. I was just going to ask uh -huh. what Morna was. Okay. And she is the helper. So I need her because she will rein me in and be like, okay, okay. Enough of the party. We, we have a list here. We need to, we need to do this. Like, oh, thank you. Okay, good. Great. You do that. And, and I'll be over here talking to people. <laughs> so if, how, how committed are you to this? If Emma didn't hit the number that she hit when she filled that out, would you have, would you have passed on that? Or it's one piece of information that goes into the, that goes into your evaluation. And do you have a grid at Wickwood House where we've got enough, we got, we got so many sevens and sixes and fours and we're looking for Don't, threes. No, okay. but that's fascinating to think about. Well, I just Ooh. learned about this about 90 seconds ago. So, <laughs> so I am not the anagram. The anagram, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not the anagram expert. It's oh, so good. It's just such an amazing tool. As you know, having a team of people that you work with, we have to know why does Deborah do that? It drives me nuts. And then when you realize, oh, she's doing that because that's literally how she functions. That's how she's wired. She's not doing that to make me crazy. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, we can work so much better together. You know? Yeah, we got an assortment of numbers downstairs on our, yeah. on our team. Yeah. 
I think you need it, right? You I have you to do. have a variety. Absolutely. You, you absolutely. I think you absolutely do. And you I may think, have different needs as a financial services organization, too. Not that you don't bring the party because you do. I've seen your space. It looks, oh. Thank you. But absolutely <laughs> ready but like, for the party. But every, every organization, I'm sure, has different needs of skill yeah. sets and how people think and how they relate to others. Um, I'm not sure that your clients would be like, where's the party? Right. They may appreciate someone that's more get the task done. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you never know. Yeah. No, I, well, I've not heard any clients say, where's the party, but I have, <laughs> but I have heard, but I have heard clients say that they like, they, uh, they like watching what it is that we do and are looking forward to what it is that we're going to do next. So there is that. Yeah. That's a, it's good. Yeah, that's, that's fun. I'd say that's fundamental in how we think about, uh, experience which we've mm -hmm. which we've talked about a lot but i think the the anagram am i saying it right no okay <laughs> the anagram i'm rolling with it is uh uh i think that's also consistent with the idea that i believe in and that is to not it's not important to work on my weaknesses right it's i should know what my weaknesses are and delegate those mm -hmm. to somebody who's that's a strength of theirs yes and not to not get mediocre at something that I don't really want to do anyway. Oh my gosh. So true. So give it to a three or a, right. right. Yes. So that right, you so can, I'm getting the, I'm getting the oh, vibe of it. Yeah. That's a hundred percent accurate. Thrive in that. That's right. Like that's how you unleash people. It is. You know? Okay, Allison, see, I'm a, I'm an, um, I don't know what this, this quiz is, but the ENFJ, mm -hmm. like I'm all about the, I'm an ENFJ. I'm all about that quiz, but I don't know the Enneagram one. I'll have to go. I'm not check that familiar with it. Check it out. That sounded like a borderline curse. ENFJ? Yeah. Ooh. Don't ENFJ <laughs> with me. It's yeah, uh, right. <laughs> extrovert, introvert, uh -huh. judging and something else, sensing and feeling. And I don't know the last one. Clearly, I'm an expert. All right, we're going back. We're going, we're going back to the unleash uh, the yes. unleash wrap up because I do think that we could talk about we could talk for quite a little while. Shannon Gutierrez, what a pleasure to visit with you. Congratulations on your on your success. Uh, but so great to hear your story and keep doing what you're doing. And we will look forward to celebrating store number one hundred, even Ooh. though you're not prepared to commit to it right now. <laughs> Not quite yet, but thank you. Thank you. It was such a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate it. Great having you here. Thanks for joining us on another edition of The Local. Help us tell the story of Whedon. Who do you want to hear from? You want to tell your own story? Send guest ideas to us at fairhavenwealth.com and be sure to subscribe, review, and rate us on your favorite platform. I'm Mark Horner, and I hope you'll join us next time when we cut another episode of The Local. The Local.